but that was something where it, it was a little bit more different, a little bit mixed, uh, because I thought forever everyone's going to say, you retired the year before they won the league, and then obviously we, we know what happened. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. It's people's lives are at risk. Ole Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shave. Hello, comrades, and you're very welcome to the football spin. It's the football spin on a Wednesday. Dion Fanning, Nordine Chowdhury are here, and we are going to be talking to a Liverpool legend, Jamie Carragher, uh, on the show today, which is very exciting. We're going to be talking to him about what has been a momentous season. A momentous season, Nas, for Liverpool FC. <laughs> I noticed. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've you've hibernated, haven't you? For that, have, have they won something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because Carragher is such an icon of Liverpool and such a legend of the club. But what is going to be experienced by so many Liverpool players is something that he never got to experience himself, Dion. Yeah, um, and that that is a, an interesting aspect of this for players like Carragher for players like Steven Gerrard who were so closely associated with you know were uh, everything and the club was everything to them for so long and it's it's an interesting time because uh, we've seen before you know like Chelsea uh, put up a tweet yesterday about um, going back to Anfield and they put in that they had a clip of the the Gerrard slip from 2014, um, they then deleted that tweet, which is probably wise. Um, but it just underlines how much uh, much weight of history there was around the title for Liverpool, because that was obviously a game um, just after Carragher retired when Liverpool felt like they were going for the title. Well, they wouldn't feel like they were, Liverpool were going for the title uh, until that moment. Um, and it's been interesting um, listening to Gerard, Gerard has been speaking about this, how delighted he is uh, that Liverpool have won the league. Um, uh, and I think there is that sense with these players because, that they don't have, uh, there aren't that kind of regrets about, there are regrets, but there aren't that kind of mixed feelings watching this team because of the way this team has done it, the little bit of distance they've got from, um, from their time now as well. Uh, and I, I and I also think because of maybe you know, I think any Liverpool team that won the title there would be um, ecstasy in Liverpool and the city of Liverpool the Liverpool supporting side of it would be would be uh, overjoyed. But the nature of of the Klopp side, the nature of Klopp himself, the way the team has won it, I think it probably removes any of those those feelings um, from from players like Carragher and Gerard, who also are just happy for the club that they gave so much to. And from, and I, this is a genuine question, Nas, before we hear from Jimmy Carragher, from the Manchester United point of view, like, what are the feelings today? Because they've won it, and they've won it so convincingly, and they've won it with such style, and they're deserving champions. That's just the fact, isn't it? Yeah, no, totally, and it, and it and it goes back to I think something we've discussed before that um, with other teams winning it, if if Chelsea had won it or City had won it, it would be a case of like, oh well, they've bought it, or there's this reason or there's that reason. Like, there's no 
there's nothing you can point to with Liverpool. Like they they started from a a lower point in a lower base, and they had less money. And then the clops come in, and under the weight of all this sort of um, history and all this pressure, uh, he he's wore it so lightly and uh, just been smarter. And uh, and yeah, and even even the thing like if they were a boring team. Uh, or even dare I say a, a Rafa Benitez team who who were more sort of compact and defensive, then you could say, well, the football's not great, so there's that. But the football's been excellent as well, so it's uh, it's uh, it's it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, fair enough. And on that note, I think it's the perfect time. This is Jamie Garriger talking to the football spin. <laughs> Jamie, it's very nice to have you in. I'm back on the football spin again, twice in I think four or five weeks now. Yeah, yeah, enjoyed the face. I'm so one of the few uh, lucky ones who've been asked back. So must have done something all right. <laughs> uh, now you're going to be part of Sky's coverage for the Liverpool Chelsea game, and also just a small matter lifting the Premier League trophy as well. Have you been on to Jordan Henderson to give him any advice about that, Jamie? No, no, uh, no. There's no way, uh, no advice for me. Maybe Stevie Gerrard, but. He was uh, the one lifting the trophies when we were playing. But, uh, no, I think Jordan's got his own uh, his own way of doing things. He's got this little shuffle that everyone's getting excited about today. I've seen on social media. So, it's, uh, I think it'll be the Henderson shuffle. I mean, he's not playing, so is he going to go full John Terry? I think he is. So, that's uh, maybe something to, uh, to look for. He's going to go with shin pads and tie-ups. Full lot, I'm not sure. But, he'll, uh, I'm sure he's, uh, he's, well, he's had plenty of time to think about it anyway. How do you feel... Uh... Looking on at this, Jamie, and the, and Liverpool picking up a title because clearly it's something that uh, you're in, like at Liverpool. It mattered so much for so many years. Do you have any? Are there any mixed feelings about it today or since the title's been won? No, I, I was on another show this morning. And they said the same. No, uh, I mean, I, I find myself lucky in some ways because I do feel that uh, a lot of players when they finish <laughs> become a little bit bitter. I always feel that when they sort of, you know, leave their club or they don't want someone to be achieve more than them or be better than them. And so it's they always hark back to their days. Now, don't get me wrong, before this team came along in Jürgen Klopp, for four or five years, everyone was saying, oh, Liverpool needs another Jamie Carragher or, you know, things like that. And it's nice to hear. Don't get me wrong. But I'm absolutely delighted now that Virgil van Dijk's come in and is a much better player than me. <laughs> you know, I'm not... I'm not. I'm. I'm very proud of what I've achieved, and I, I feel very privileged and very lucky for what I achieved. But obviously, this team and you know the player I just mentioned there have, have gone above me. But that, that, that's life. That that's that's football. I'd love to have won the Premier League, but as I said, I don't. I don't. It's not something I think about every day. And as I said, I think I'm very lucky to achieve what I did. This team have taken it to another level. They've got a special manager. Uh, I know there's no sort of regret there or wishing it was me. Of course, I wish I'd won the league, but. I'm not sitting there tonight. I'm absolutely delighted and ecstatic for the club. I'm more the supporters, really, because being a local player, you, you almost feel like you know every supporter in some ways. And uh, it's just what it means to them. I don't really know the players that well, to be honest. There's obviously Jordan was there when I was playing. I've interviewed a few of them and Klopp, uh, really. But, but no, I'm absolutely delighted for them and the club and, and, and the city as a whole. Was 2014 a bit different in that regard because you'd just finished playing? But Was it a different feeling then? Yeah, that, that was slightly different. It's certainly probably not what I was feeling now. That was a little bit more mixed in that I could look at that team and think I could still play. Not every week, but obviously I look at this team now. I'm 42. There's no way I could play uh, Premier League football now. But 
that was something where it, it was a little bit more different, a little bit mixed, uh, because I thought forever everyone's going to say, you retired the year before they won the league, and then obviously we, we know what happened. Uh, really, I was just devastated because of, of how it happened, really, and, uh, you know, to be big mates as well. But, but yeah, it is it is slightly different because I felt it could have been maybe part of that. And uh, but at the time, I still wanted Liverpool to win the league, but it's probably not as much as, as this season when I was almost aged. And every time they were sort of playing or you're watching on TV and, you know, desperate for them to just get over the line. Um, you mentioned that game and what happened. Chelsea put up a video uh, yesterday about going back to Anfield with a clip of that. They deleted it then. Um, was that a wise thing to do? I, no, I don't think so. I don't, I, and not in terms of people saying, oh, that will motivate the Liverpool players today. Uh, and, you know, Chelsea's still going for top four. Listen, was it why the Liverpool players up today that much? I'm not sure. I, I just think there is... I mean, I love social media. And I get plenty of stick on there and I get all kinds of abuse. I would never complain about it because it is what it is. You either embrace it and get involved in it or you you don't. So I'm not I'm not big on people complaining about the stick they get on it or trolls or whatever, you know. So I'd never do that. But what I would say is I think there's a big problem. I think there's a problem with club social media accounts. And I think there's, listen, we all know what social media is. It's like the WhatsApp groups that we're in with our mates. It's all about banters and it's funny videos and it's taking the mick out of this fella or, or whatever it may be. Or trying to catch someone out. You know, we're all involved in them. But I just think seeing, you know, clubs, and I'm, I'm actually quite pleased that Liverpool never respond or I don't think Liverpool have ever put something on like that. I don't think Manchester United have. Uh, I think Arsenal put something on a couple of weeks ago and I'm surprised that was about Tottenham. A little something. Maybe not as, but I just, I, I I just thought it was poor from Chelsea. I knew it'd get pulled down, but I just think we've got to be careful where these clubs that we almost look up to, these proper big clubs of this country, getting carried away with some young kids on social media trying to get it, you know, make his, his mates laugh, and eventually the club have to take it down anyway. I just think, I just think we get into a, a, a period where I just think, you know, clubs should be bigger than that. That's for the fans. That's for Chelsea fans to take the mick out of Gerard. That's for Liverpool fans to take the mick out of. John Terry or something singing on the cop or singing at Stamford Bridge. Not for club accounts. I, I, I thought it was a bit embarrassing, if I'm being honest. Um, Jamie, in terms of the circumstances of the of the sort of win this year, do you think in a, in a funny way it could spur it could spur the team on to win it again next year? As as in win it. So well, hopefully when everything's opened up, it'll be like they can sort of celebrate it properly. Because like even this year, when when eventually there will be like an open top parade, it'll be. It'll be months into the future and it, it will be different, won't it? Yeah, listen, but whatever you say about it, and Jürgen Klopp, that's what I love about him. He doesn't care what other people think. And it's like, we're having, we're having a tour. These, these lads deserve it. The fans deserve it, if you like. And we'll do it whenever it's possible. But it still won't be the same as what it, if you look at what happened in, you know, last summer with, you know, the back of the Champions League. And, and that is something the players have missed out on. And, and that real big moment of, of winning the league, maybe someone gets the goal. I know, it was down to Man City losing in some ways, really. But I think that feeling of when the supporters are in there and, and when you're getting really close as a player, and it's, I know myself when you're playing you know, a big semi-final or you get to a final, that that moment that you share with people, that, 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 is, that is what football is about, really, in some ways. It's not about, well, certainly I don't think, it's nice to say at the end of your career, I won this and I won this. But that... that that moment with supporters and, and making people happy and everyone sort of celebrating something together is is what 
makes, I think, football such a special game. And I agree, Liverpool, they haven't really had that moment. And I don't think they ever really will. They can, they can have a bus tour in October, November, I'm not sure when it'll be. But it still won't be the same. And it's just unfortunate, you know, the way it's fell. It's not just Liverpool. Whoever wins the Champions League or, you know, Leeds are obviously a gathering with the, the players and supports, but it certainly wasn't the same. And uh, no, it won't. And you're right, you know, it, fingers crossed it will. And they'll think, you know, we want to get Anfield full and win the league by scoring, you know, a goal later on at Anfield and, and have that euphoria. So, no, I agree. Hopefully it will be something that uh, spares them on again. Has there, is there anything to be concerned about in Liverpool's form since they won the title or is that just a, a natural drop-off? I wouldn't be concerned about the form. The natural drop-off, I actually, I actually look at it a little bit differently. because, I, In terms of the drop, I think Liverpool have been desperate to win those games, if I'm being totally honest. And I think they've probably, maybe a little bit of luck that they've had at certain times, maybe just hasn't been with them in these games. And I look at the Arsenal game, I don't think Liverpool played particularly badly. But that is a game that can happen once or twice a season where the other team have two chances, they score, you can't score. Probably a little bit like City against Arsenal in the, in the semi-final, to be honest. I think the City game, again, if you look at the team Klopp picked, it was his best team. He picked his best team at Arsenal. You know, it's not a manager who's starting to give the kids a go and changing the team. Then I could understand it. I just think maybe a slight drop-off. But I think Jürgen Klopp definitely wanted the most wins or the most points because I could see that by the teams that he picked. And I don't think Liverpool have been particularly poor in terms of performances. The results just haven't gone their way. And the City one, Liverpool could have been 2-0 up. Uh, going to start and getting beat 4 0 by City. City can do that to you and they can do it to Liverpool. That's how special, you know, City team are. See, City are a team who can beat, as we saw last night, even 4 0 away. There's more chance of City beating someone 6 or 7 0 than Liverpool doing it. City are just that type of team when they really hit on, you know, on blob on the night. They can't really do that to you and that's what, that's what Liverpool, you know, got the year, the medicine. But some people said, with you know, with the city result, that this is a marker for next season. Do you think it does have any bearing on on next season? No, I don't think so. Uh, not at all, really. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big believer in also that you have to win the, the league again to say you're a great team. I just think whoever wins the league in a season is a great team. You know, uh, it's very difficult. New teams come into the league. Three teams get relegated. Everyone buys and sells. It's a completely different league the next season. So I, I wouldn't be too fussed from a Liverpool point of view. Uh, about you know particularly that game, I I I, I still well to be honest, I was in the, I was in the car this morning, and uh, and they were talking about the odds for next season, and City were favourites, uh, and I, and I just think it is, it is a big gap there, and even though City probably do play the best football and probably and, and do score the most goals, there still is a problem there that they have to fix that they lose a lot of games that they should win. And that's, that, that is a problem for City that they're going to have to fix. So it just made me smile at really. And no, I'm not too worried about sort of that game. I don't think Klopp and Guardiola will be thinking about that game when they, they play each other in October, November next season. And do you see any other title challengers for next season? Like a few teams have been informed during Project Restart. Like who do you see yeah, coming through? Yeah, the two you look at is obviously Chelsea and Manchester United. Great history in winning it. It remains to be seen with Chelsea because they're sort of buying a lot of players. You just don't know how they'll settle or how they'll all fit into the team. I mean, if they definitely the top goalkeeper, possibly both teams, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, but certainly Chelsea. Manchester United is an interesting one with, with Fernandez. I think he looks brilliant every time I see him. I love watching him play. 
and he just has totally, I feel, transformed that team, uh, really. So I think those teams will be a lot closer. The only worry is if Liverpool and City, for those teams, it's not too much of a worry, I must say, uh, but that if Liverpool and, and City are getting 90-plus points, it's very difficult to get that, really. That's, it takes a lot. And I'm just still not quite sure those teams could get that. Now, if Liverpool and City drop to maybe what City have done this season and Liverpool have a similar sort of drop-off, then it gets a lot tighter where you're saying, OK, it might be mid-80 points, maybe take 10 points off a of City and, and Liverpool, what they've been getting. Then I think that does bring a United and a Chelsea into contention. But I think if they continue that consistently, those teams, I just don't see those teams getting 95-plus points. But I certainly see them being a, you know, a lot closer. And do you think United need to address the goalkeeping issue? Because, like, I wonder what, like, you must have had times in your Liverpool career where you've played in front of goalkeepers where you think, like, what's it like when you feel that every time somebody shoots, you don't know what's going to happen behind you? Is that something that needs to be addressed? Yeah, listen, first of all, I'm not going to massively criticise David De Gea because he has been a superstar uh, for Manchester United. He, he was, for me, the best goalkeeper in the world when he was he was performing how he did. And I think, it, I go back to Alexis Sanchez going to Manchester United and Alexis Sanchez went to Manchester United for money. Man City at the time were, were, were far better than United a couple of years ago when the sign had happened and he went there because they give him a lot more money out of this world money. David De Gea, let's not forget, was desperate to go to Real Madrid about two or three years ago. It was almost looked like it was done on the last day of the transfer window. I think he was away with Spain. It didn't, it didn't happen. And Man United at that stage, I think, were probably where they are now, a little bit trying to qualify for the top four. He almost pushed, well, he did. He pushed him into a situation where they felt like they couldn't lose him because he was maybe their one world-class player. And he made them pay him. And listen, good luck to him. You know, we're all, whatever job we do, we always want to make a few quid. But they've then paid him that he's the highest paid player in the league. And I just think he's lost his focus. And I think he was him. The Alexis Sanchez situation, when there's that much money involved and you're actually paying for a club because, and maybe the money's more important than actually playing for United. As I said, he wanted to go Real Madrid and I have no problem with that. You could understand that he's Spanish, but he didn't get his move. United weren't really challenging with the Champions League in the Premier League. He's got a, a load of money and I think he's, he's lost his focus. And I just think a massive, that should be a massive lesson for Manchester United any big club. This thing that you feel like your club will fall apart if one player goes. That would have been not great for United, but Man United and Man United. We used to have this at Liverpool where there'd be one or two players where you felt, oh, if they left, the whole world was going to end type of thing. These football clubs have got to remember, they're too big. They're bigger than players. They'll always come back. The great clubs will come back. United will come back. They're not dependent on whether De Gea was in goal when he was playing out of the skin. There's other goalkeepers. Man United are one of the biggest clubs in the world. I just think United made a massive mistake with Sanchez and I just think they've got the same problem with De Gea and I really don't know how they can get rid of him because his wage is that big. I don't think Henderson's good enough right now to play for Manchester United. He's conceding goals for Sheffield United that if he was in a Man United shirt, he'd be getting slaughtered for. They're the same type of goals that De Gea is letting in. And the only thing I can think is you bring Henderson back for 12 months, put pressure on De Gea, give Henderson the cup games and maybe some league games and almost say, OK, we've got 12 months to decide. Is Henderson our goalkeeper in 12 months' time? Or do we need to go and buy? Because I, I, I think the money the guy is getting, you'd almost have to give him another year and get those wages off the books because 
when you eventually try to move them on or put them on loan, no one's going to take them. You're going to have a mesotasal problem that they've got to ask them. Um, Jamie, uh, just from a Manchester United's point of view, do you not think that uh, Liverpool are rubbing it in a little bit with the Jean-Michel Jarre sort of uh, light, light sort of uh, performance? Do you not think they should just uh, crack on, just, just sort of like a manly handshake and, and, and let it be done, instead of all these fireworks and everything? <laughs> well, it's been 30 years, you know what I mean? So it, it, has, it has taken its, its time. So no, listen, Liverpool fans are going to milk it. You, you can understand that. I mean, for the last 30 years, we haven't won a title. It's been very difficult to still knock Liverpool supporters down. You know what they're like. Uh, so they're going to there milk it. I think, I think I, I saw on social media, there was uh, fireworks getting sent off, set off at Old Trafford, uh, at Man City's ground. There was something, I think, at Arsenal's ground. Also, I think there was a van outside Chelsea's ground, just as you say, in uh, Liverpool champions, whatever it may be. So I think they've been given the, uh, the title of the unbearables and they've certainly embraced it. Jamie, before you go, just want to ask you on that. Like, is it like does it mean something for Liverpool? Like, clearly, if it was Manchester United or somebody who was there for the title pres- or the trophy presentation, that would be even more special. But there is a rivalry with Chelsea that began really uh, in your day, um, and like that has sustained itself. So, is it something special to be uh, for Chelsea to be there when when Liverpool get the first you know Premier League title in thirty a trophy in thirty years? Yeah, in some ways, yeah. I mean, let, let's not kid ourselves about football. We, it's not just about winning football. We all love to see our rivals lose. We all love to, love to rub it in. And that's part of, certainly, it's, that's gone tenfold now with social media, uh, really. And when I saw the fixtures at the start of the season, it, it just felt right that Chelsea was the second last game of the season. You go back to what happened in 2014. I actually just thought Liverpool the quake of the fixtures would win the league on this day. I know they won the league a few months ago, they're going to lift it on this game, but I thought it would be fitting in some ways to actually win the league with, with you know, winning three points in, in this game. But it, it is a, a strange kind of a symmetry in some ways. But yes, of course, I mean, a, a few weeks or months ago, it was all about trying to win the league at, uh, at Goodison against Everton. Biggest rivals would. You then go win it at City. It was obviously done before, and then it's possibly a nice way uh, for Liverpool supporters but again that thing of, of winning at Goodison or winning it against Chelsea it's not the same if there's no supporters in the ground uh, as such to, to rub it into your rivals and, and whatever it may be we know that's a big part of football so again it's probably not quite the same but we shouldn't forget it's a massive game for Chelsea as well and I think Liverpool and Liverpool supporters love nothing better than putting a, a little stop to them getting to the Champions League but there's a big dilemma because if you stop Chelsea they help Naz's team, don't they? So it's uh, it's quite conflicted a bit tonight. Naz's team, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Jamie, obviously, you're going to be part of Sky's coverage of Liverpool against Chelsea tonight. And I'm just wondering, do you have something written in advance? Do you know what you're going to say when they lift the trophy, or will you just go off your gut at the time? No, to be honest, I actually had a I, I got something through today because I didn't, I didn't realise I'd be involved in it in that. Uh, I think I, I thought I was going side of the pitch, but obviously I'm doing the commentary tonight. And uh, when when the trophy is lifted, it's still the commentators who who take that. So Martin Tyler will have something written, I'm sure. Something will come to me. I'll think of something. I'll have a little, I'll have a look at Martin's notes, and I think I always get a bit <laughs> panicky when I'm with someone. I'm doing the same job, and they've got a load of notes, and I haven't. It always makes me think, what have they written on that? What is that? Uh, 
and you start getting a little bit nervous, like going into an exam when you know someone put all sheets of paper, you think, oh, fuck's sake, what have you got there? What am I going to get? But no, at the moment, I haven't got nothing written, but I've got plenty of time. I'm not kicking off till about eight o'clock. So Martin will have his lines there. He's don't worry, there's a big moment when that, when that lift happens. And that is his moment. That is a, you know, the commentator's moment. But hopefully I can add a, a few words of wisdom. But we all know what it's like for a co-commentator. So don't go on uh, social media after you co-commentate because you'll be trending. <laughs> <laughs> alright Jamie listen thanks very much for joining us on the football spin ok cheers boys thanks a lot uh, Jamie Carragher there on the football spin speaking to us uh, a little bit earlier on and Dion it was interesting really to hear him talking about David De Gea there and he had such a clear idea in his head of like what United could do and what they couldn't do as well because De Gea's position the, the fact that he's been one of the best in the world and the fact that he's on so much money, like it's such a big, I won't say problem is the wrong word, but it's such it's such, it's such such an issue that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to have to resolve. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's it's the big issue. Um, and it's funny how one one player or, or a loss of form, especially in a, a player as critical as a goalkeeper, can kind of outweigh everything else that has been going right for a team um but like that's where united have got to with De Gea now because of what happened at the weekend uh and uh you know you, united have a game against west ham this evening um and no matter what uh Solskjaer does um it doesn't it won't like you know if 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 De Gea doesn't play it accelerates whatever uh, issue United need to address and how they need to address it. But even if he if he does play, it doesn't really change the fundamentals that something needs to be done about this. And you know, you you have Salzburg going into this game saying he doesn't really want to talk about the hair. You know, we stick together as a group. He's proven before that he's mentally strong, and this is kind of going back to oh, you know, he hasn't had the chance, as he said on Sunday. Salzburg started talking about how it was tough. You know, it's tougher for a goalkeeper because he doesn't have the opportunity to make amends. Well. That doesn't that argument doesn't really hold with the hair because um this loss of form is, is is ongoing and persistent and you know the opportunity has to make amends um just usually lend you know end up with, with, with another mistake or another um uh error that puts the focus on them. So uh it is interesting to listen to Carragher talk about it and what United need to do and, and where they are and that actually at a, at a point when there are a number of positions where United would be looking to strengthen and hoping that somehow they could patch, you know, get to, get the hair patched up um, in, in confidence so that you wouldn't need to address that too. Um, Nas, Nas's club, I thought that was, that's just... <laughs> Just rename Man United, Nas's club. That's that's all anybody needs to know from here on out. Um, it was interesting, the Fernandez piece as well, but we'll get that in a moment. Just on De Gea, Henderson like, is someone that a lot of people are speaking about now. I saw Alan Shearer say the other evening as well that he felt that it was time to bring Henderson back and it was actually time to make him the number one as well. And that a lot of people have said you can only really bring him back from his loan spell if he is going to be number one because what's the point in having him sit on the bench? So is Henderson, is it is it the right time, I wonder, to bring him in as as kind of Carragher alluded to there? Although I think he said over 12 months was was how he described it. Um, what's your kind of view on that? It's it's such a difficult 
it's it's such a difficult position. Like like, like there's no it's no coincidence that United really struggled replacing Schmeichel for, for years and years, in spite of getting like big names in or exciting young prospects and everything. Like it's such a hard position to nail in terms of in terms of a problem for a manager. Because the thing is, like um De Gea started to make mistakes or De Gea looked wobbly, so then the um the spotlight was on Henderson. And then suddenly whether whether Henderson was making these mistakes sort of throughout the season and no one was paying attention, or uh, um, there was an element of the spotlight being on him, but like there, there's a few there's a few goals that he conceded where he really should have saved them, and like that was just like a little microcosm of like the spotlight being on him um, as, a, 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 as as a as a potential United man um, goalkeeper, and you could very easily if you bring him back and you've not got a um, a focused sort of a plan of how to use him in terms of whether he's a whether he's a reserve or whether he's a first teamer. Then you get into this weird uh, hinterland of uh, of like United had with like uh, Carroll and uh, Howard, where where they'd be interchanged, sort of like one would have a bit of form and then and then he'd make a mistake or whatever, and then the other one would come in and, and play for a bit. It's it's no way to have certainty in sort of uh, that sort of fixed defensive unit and and again like like uh, um, taking it back to liverpool they now are utterly confident at the back and the, and, and the thing is that that, that then obviously van dyke is 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 amazing as in like the best in the world but the others they they're very very good but th- there's there's a feeling that you can get at them uh, in certain situations but as a collective if they if they've got that goalkeeper in the, uh, behind them if they've got Allison behind them Suddenly, it imbues them all with such confidence that they become better, better as a unit simply because of that confidence, and that's the problem with that United have got. There's um, there was a, I think it was United We Stand. Um, Andy Mitten was 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 talking on there about um about the players at United, and uh, there was a suggestion that they uh, that the defenders would actually prefer to have uh, Romero behind them simply because he talks more um, and he and, and he's a better communicator and he comes out more and that gives them uh, a bit more confidence. Whereas De Gea is perhaps a better goalkeeper technically, but he doesn't come out, he's not vocal enough and he doesn't sort of give the defenders enough confidence. So it's a, I don't know what United could do. It's it's a really, it's not, it's, it's not got a quick fix, I don't think. Well, the only way they could do, I think what Carragher said about uh, Henderson was, really important that idea that you get away with mistakes at a at a at a, a smaller club um and when you're uh become when you when you join a big club like Manchester United or when you play for play for a big big club those mistakes are amplified and uh frame everything about around uh discussion about your position in the team. So if you're going to do if you're going to make a decision like that you need to be certain that you're making the right one because then, as Oz says, you're then actually just into another spiral of okay, let's put him in. And like none of the none of the solutions, like uh, if if there was if there was an obvious solution to it by now, and if there was an outstanding goalkeeper for Manchester United to pick, um, they would have picked them. They would have done that. They would have said, right, uh, we're going with Henderson, we're going with Romero, we're going to do. Uh, we're going to make, but but everybody like the clearly the feeling is that uh, um, that 
De Gea still represents, you know, the 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 best that they have. And you know, you you talk about Liverpool, and you look again at United and all these areas, and this is becoming like this idea of United uh, in the wilderness, a bit like Liverpool for all the you know for all those thirty years, because they're they're trying to solve every problem, and another one rears up, and it's like, what will we do about this? And it's like, you know, will we like? You know, and the Liverpool's problems with goalkeepers were up until they signed Allison. You know, there was Carius and Mignolet were uh, fighting for the goalkeeping spot um, in a fight that uh, neither would win if they were fighting each other. Um, and uh, and you know, and yet they have that like that sense of you know Mignolet, and we talked about Carragher about it. Like when you're in front of a goalkeeper, uh, and Jamie Carragher. Had a couple of them, a few of them at Liverpool during his career. Mignolet being one, where you know, like if 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 you shoot, you score. Like that was the general, that was the sense, uh, that was the sense you got with with somebody like that. And that's the problem United have with De Gea now. And I think the solution probably is to spend an awful lot of money on a goalkeeper. Yeah, that probably is was what Liverpool did when they. Ran up against the brick wall of uh, Mignolet and Carrios. Uh, it, it seems to be the solution for most clubs. Although you couldn't go the Chelsea route, Dion, and get Kepa. I haven't spent an incredible amount of money. It's such a strange, and I know Nas was alluding to that. It's such a strange position, such a singular position. Obviously, there can only be one goalkeeper on the field at any one time. You can't rely on the other goalkeeper as you can with centre halves. Lovren and uh, Van Dijk or whomever. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see how that's solved. And then just in terms of, like, United's place, because I think that is the, the really interesting part of this. We know how good Liverpool are. We just don't know how good or consistent Manchester United are going to be. I thought it was interesting um, that he his his idea was, look, at United have a chance if Liverpool drop their level. Otherwise, they don't have a chance. Like, nobody else has a chance if uh, Liverpool continue as they have. Yeah, that's um, that's probably true. And I think uh, it is, you know, it is interesting that City are being made favourites for next season because uh, everyone probably felt last season that Liverpool had probably reached, gone to their limits chasing Manchester City and that it would be an easier title for City to win this season. So uh, it's probably... Um, now you you look at City and you think right they've they've had their uh, FFP victory, Guardiola is going to stay. They are able to spend money, so they they should be they should be recharged and the real threat. But I think it's probably underestimating Liverpool. And then you go beyond that and you no, there's still a long way to go for Manchester United. We talked about this. We talked about this after uh, the weekend. Um, you know, Manchester United above all else are still hoping. Uh, it's a bit like the goalkeeping situation. It's a bit like a, a number of situations uh, at Manchester United. Um, they are still hoping that the people they have in those positions, namely De Gea and namely uh, Solskjaer, turn out to be the solutions rather than feeling we have the solutions here. And you can tell the difference. And there is a substantive difference when when you see it, when you see... Jurgen Klopp, say compared to Brendan Rodgers, when you see uh, uh, um, uh, Pep Guardiola compared to Solskjaer, when you see managers who you you know will 
offer a clarity and a sense of direction um, that w- will bring people with them. And that's the same for a position like a goalkeeper. The minute Liverpool sign Allison, you know that this is not going to be uh, a, a Carrius or Mignolet situation. Um, I thought it was interesting as well with Fernandes, and I have a theory on this, Nods, and, and Dion, you, uh, please feel free to um, poo-poo this theory, because Fernandes has been brilliant for United, but he's been really, really good since the resumption of the Premier League post-pandemic, and I think De Bruyne has been sensational for Manchester City as well, and here's my theory, right, is that w- without crowds, the game becomes just a little bit less frantic. There's not like there's just not as that sort of you know that classic Premier League, you know greatest league in the world that sort of energy. It's it can be very, it can be a lot of mayhem, blood and guts, and it can be very frantic. And that in this, I would say like five percent eased off post pandemic, no crowds Premier League, that there is just a little bit more time for playmakers to playmake. And that in that situation, Fernandez is a player that has been outstanding for United and will be continue to be outstanding because we're not going to have crowds back in the stadiums probably for the rest of 2020. It remains to be seen. That De Bruyne is going to come into his pomp and that Liverpool don't have a number 10 or they don't have someone that fits the mould in the same way Fernandez and De Bruyne do. I mean, it's it's an interesting theory. I mean, this, this certainly... Uh... I think it's kind of mixed in with with what Dion said in the past about um, there being no fans, and and also that meaning that uh, players are are playing under less pressure in a way. So I think I think it's probably I think there's an argument to be made where um, like you're right, like the the tempo has been slower. I don't think the drinks breaks have helped. I don't think the in some cases the the weather's helped. It just naturally means that players are, are, are playing at a slower tempo. But also, the lack of fans means that there's less impetus and like there's that there's that less of that sense of like come on, come on, like like when whenever the whenever the team needs a bit of a G up. But also, it's that thing of like one thing that Solskjaer has been trying to instill at United. He's talked about it is taking risks, like under especially under Van Hal, um, there was. Um, there was a need to take no risks, like like always take the safe bet, always know what you're doing, always be very deliberate, and and that that felt like football from the past. Um, whereas, Solskjaer, for good or for bad, has kind of said like we've got to take risks. Like taking risks is is uh, the United way. Taking risks is how you sort of like uh, can break down teams and stuff, and it's and it's worked to a certain extent. And I suppose from from for playmakers and strikers to a certain extent. Um, it's easier to take risks in an empty stadium the same way it's easier to take risks in training where like certain players can look amazing in training but because because there's nothing there's 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 like no jeopardy and of course there's jeopardy in 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 the games behind closed doors but there's not that that thing of like the 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 crowd groaning every time you make a mistake or every time you you try a through ball that doesn't quite work so so perhaps how's you still there yeah Okay, that was the end of my sentence. The end of my sentence was the, was that enigmatic, perhaps. <laughs> it was a very <laughs> enigmatic, perhaps. <laughs> um, Dion, what do you think of that crackpot theory? I don't think it's that crackpot. I think it's uh, yeah, like it 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 goes it it fits in. Well, one element of it anyway fits in with the idea of of it being. But as Nas said, I'm just going to repeat what Nas said. It fits in with the idea that. Uh, 
you know, there are no crowds and there's a bit less pressure. I thought it was interesting watching Villa last night. It was one of the first games I've seen where you actually, uh, you could, you, you saw, um, I can't remember who it was, but Villa defender tackled Tierney and he jumped up and kind of clenched his fist and like, because it went off Tierney without for a goal kick. And you were really getting that elemental sense of a game that really mattered because it really mattered. Um, uh, but I don't know if um, I think I don't know if it that alone would explain why those players have thrived and say Liverpool haven't. I think you're probably also looking at um, um, players playing in July at the end of a very long year. Um, I think Liverpool will be able to overcome the absence of a of a number ten. Uh, and you know there there is potentially going to be crowds in in stadiums from October, so uh, it's going to be something that will change. But I think it's not something. It's it's an element, all right. But I think it probably feeds into a, a greater point about teams feeling there's less pressure on them because there's no crowds. Yeah, and I and I think I mean, you know to, to return to Carragher, it was his point was about Fernandez and. He's been so good, and with or without crowds, the guy is a—he's a superstar signing for United, and he looks like the kind of player that um, Solskjaer will build his entire team around. And it'll be interesting to see just how good United are going to be uh, next season. Uh, and of course, there's as Nas likes to remind the Europa League is still to come. Nas, it's, it's in exactly. August. And, and like, let's not let's not forget like like all this hoo-ha. And, and like I said, like I do think. Um, that fireworks and light performances are crass. Like it's 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 so it's it's so <laughs> unnecessary. But like, forget that for a second. Like, let's let's not right. forget. Let's not forget that the Europa League trophy is the most beautiful trophy in football. <laughs> like, I I, I I'd, I'd argue I'd argue that the most beautiful trophies are either the Europa League trophy, formerly the Europa uh, UEFA Cup. Or perhaps the the championship trophy that uh, Leeds will be lifting. That's right, Naz. That's so that is a, that is a lovely trophy. That is yeah. the, the old League One Division uh, One trophy is a beautiful trophy. Yeah, and and, and I think that's the real quiz. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> on that on that uh, on that nice reflection on beautiful trophies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, tonight there will be a trophy lifted uh, in Liverpool, and it'll be lifted by Jordan Henderson. And, uh, you know, something we can uh, look forward to, Naz, uh, watching later on <laughs> on Sky and Jamie Carragher will be there. Uh, look, thanks very much to Dion Fanning and to Naz Chowdhury. And, of course, thanks very much to Sky's Jamie Carragher as well. Great to have him on the show again. Um, and thanks to you for listening. If you haven't already done so, click subscribe to get this show into your feed wherever you're listening. We'll talk again soon. Good luck. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of my own People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that. Politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shave.